right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Back in the Kill House after uh, one of the longest trips we've ever been on out to the uh, out to the West Coast. Solly here, DJ Pie is here. Hello, all the footage backed up and in a safe place. It's it's redundant on at least two drives. We're still waiting for a new Mega Drive, uh, but that's on order, so it will be thoroughly backed up this week. So as long as both the Kill House and my house doesn't burn down, we sh- we should be fine. We're gonna just going to talk about our trip for the next three hours, and then uh, <laughs> maybe mention DJ. Now we'll do a separate separate podcast on our recent trip out to Oregon. TC is here. Hello. Mostly watching Corn Ferry Golf t- today, I imagine, which I'm sure we'll get deep on here. I didn't watch a single minute. I well, I, I tracked it via Shot Tracker all week, but didn't didn't watch really anything of the of the pga tour today you're monitoring the situation yeah i watched a little bit friday and saturday obviously scotty shuffler shot 59 we'll, we'll get into that as someone who was with you friday you did not watch any of the golf tournament <laughs> <Friday>. <laughs> uh big randy is here to uh i guess, i guess to throw more dirt on dj's grave good evening dj J- dustin johnson of course mm. yeah we I'll, let's save it but yes good evening good morning hello to everybody before we get going here, have you guys ever played with a golfer that's uh, on the tee box aimed at the left trees because they're so afraid of putting it in the right trees? <laughs> yes. Or or the opposite of that, potentially? I was going to say, Toronto used to aim into the right trees, <laughs> but now he's a lefty, so technically he does aim into the left trees. No, it, I'm still aiming into the right tree. Or I was still aiming into the right trees. It was wild. It's a well-documented fact that the majority of golfers that struggle on the tee have a problem with a slice, cutting across the ball, delivering a ton of side spin. Callaway's new Big Bertha B21 driver, a potential solution for that type of player, and there's an entire family of clubs aimed at that audience. It is targeted at golfers, shall we, shall we maybe say gently, tend to miss to the right off the tee, but if they're lefties, of course, they may miss to the left. Having trouble getting the ball elevated with fairway woods, hybrids, and irons. Any one of this crew, could you potentially weigh in on this? I'd be happy to. I've been playing this driver for about six weeks now. Which is hasn't even come out yet. Or now, exactly. now it's come out? I guess it's come out now it's that we're out. talking about okay. it on the pod. Yeah, I had to like clandestine, you know. It's awesome. It's, uh, it's got so much draw bias in it, it's silly. Uh, what does that feel like? You just you can just feel I it can, closing up on the way down. I, like it's so I was playing the lefty wise. I was playing the Epic Flash, just a regular Epic Flash with like a draw setting on it, and then I switched to this, and immediately like I can attack the ball. And if you're somewhat new to this podcast, Tron is a right-handed golfer who has decided to play for a year left-handed and is basically starting from scratch, learning the game again left-handed. And uh, so anyways, you might be the target audience for this club. You might not. But if you, or maybe you know someone that is. Uh, if so, point those people to the new Big Bertha B21 family of distance at CallawayGolf.com slash Big Bertha B21. That's CallawayGolf.com slash Big Bertha B21. And it looks good too. It does. It's great color scheme. Navy yeah. with these red accents on it. Still has flash face and all that. Usually we start PGA Tour. This feels like a week we probably shouldn't, but uh, we are actually recording this. Uh, we are. I think it's safe to assume that Dustin Johnson is going to win the 2020 uh, Northern Trust. Precincts are reporting. Uh, we we can at no laying up at at this time can can confirm Dustin Johnson has won the tournament. Broward County's We're not reporting. <laughs> That's true. A lot of you know a lot of ballots still to be counted, but. I feel really comfortable calling it with uh, nine shot lead with two to play. Dewey defeats Truman. It, totally. 
Exactly. Well, News, Randy's got his newspapers Johnson printing up right English. now. <laughs> I was going to tweet out earlier that DJ's ringer score on the front nine this week is 26. That's like pretty cool, but one of the nines was actually 27, so it's actually really not that impressive. Uh, he birdied every hole on the front this week except for number nine. I thought he had a chance to complete the TPC Boston birdie challenge in one week this <laughs> week, and uh, he is going to come up a little bit short, unfortunately. But one of the more dominant performances I can remember seeing in the <laughs> yeah, PGA so. Tour since I've been following the PGA Tour. It's, um, it's wild that, as stupid as this sounds, it's wild that he's only up by nine. <laughs> like It feels like it should even be more than that. Harris English absolutely flushing it, as Randy's been saying for... What, he 10 tr- weeks he now? He tried to warn us. He tried to warn us. Yeah, that's about right. Two and a half months or so. He's uh, He was putting in a lot of work up in Sea Island. I had sources <laughs> all over the ground up there. And it's good to see he's continuing to flush the ball. It's turned into one of my favorite bits. Every single week, Harris English, I hear he's flushing it. And this week, he actually was. And you didn't pick him this week. No. He, but, <laughs> but he's been flushing it for a while now. Well, I think he's been flushing it for like 20 years. But, you know, it's all relative, I guess. Uh, one I, I should have got Justin Ray on this. The gap between first and second on these strokes gained T to green this week, I've never seen anything like it. DJ was up by like eight shots over Cam Smith, T to green, who was second. He is approaching 12 strokes gained, up, approaching the green. Charlie Hoffman is second at 6.7. You do not see gaps like that on a week-to-week, but you don't see people win by 10 also. But Hold on. So I thought you said this is a week that we're not going to start with PJ Tour. I said it doesn't feel like we should, oh, but okay. we... Maybe should I don't know. That's kind of almost question. feels like we can kind of get it out of the way and then move on yeah. to. There's some there's some stuff. There's some bigger questions to ask. I think around around the tour. Who's going to make it to to Chicago? Is that yes, what you mean? that's the big one. Which yeah. top precincts top are, seventy precincts are reporting that Max Homa, after being on the cut line and apparently at home stressing about it, as the CBS has said, that uh, he will he will be advancing onto the BMW. Um, a couple questions for you guys. Smartin, Sean Martin posed a good question on, on Twitter, and I saw the votes were 50-50 from the, from the Twitter folks. Whose resume would you rather have, Brooks or DJ? It's well, let's, can we define so a f- easy, right? Can we define a few things? Are we talking resume, or are we talking just like bank account, like everything that comes I mean, with the resume? DJ is also a lot older than I would Brooks say too. bank account is included there. I mean, Dustin has yeah. literally all the money. Right. This is what, his 23rd win? 22nd. 22nd and a major? I mean, I would take Dustin. Arguably the most consistent player to ever live. <laughs> but, but but to push back, I think the question asks very explicitly the resume, which it's... I think that includes money, though. It's Does basic, it? I think so. Because... because why like, else would you want to well, win 22 PGA Tour events? And or why would you pick that resume? Well, it's like saying, would you rather have Jack Nicklaus's resume or... Or Dustin Johnson. Or Dustin Johnson, who has all the money. It's a good point. I wasn't prepared for that one. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we hadn't uh, thought about that in our, our pre-tournament notes here. I'm sure smart I, means resume, like like as in don't count the money, just wins. Like, I think it's like, like on paper, whose career? I think he wants to know like if you know people are talking about you in a bar, which one do you want them to pick? You know, like that's basically how this question kind of yeah. is. Basically, how many PGA Tour wins is a major worth? How Which, didn't you, you ask JT that one yeah. time? What I think he, he said, said he'd trade three. I thought it was like three and a half. Three, or three or four PGA Tour wins for a major. I think was the fair trade. You got to remember too. Dustin gets us won to seven majors. All sorts of WGCs. He's won all, all sorts of playoff events. 
elevated yeah. status. Elevated status events out the ass. <laughs> does that and do anything? Reno, right? Does that do anything for you, Reno. John? Sorry, it wasn't Reno. It was the Turning Stone. Never mind. Yeah. Disregard the old '84 Lumber yeah. Classic. Does that do anything for you? The fact that it's WGCs. And no, it actually. I, I look less favorably upon those than, than I do normal <laughs> PGA Tour. Because limited field. Limited fields. Yeah, I, and they're just like I feel like everybody's just kind of. You've got twenty guys that are highly engaged at, at the top. You got about another twenty or thirty who are on cruise control, wanting to shut it down. Maybe this year's a little bit different. And then you have fifty guys at the bottom from that seventy-five to one twenty-five that get into Boston and are looking, you know, are pedal to the metal trying to get into the next couple of weeks. But I don't know. I mean, I would say I would take Dustin over Brooks. Hmm. Why? Dude. Because I, I think Brooks's understand. knee, uh, you know, it seems like no, no. We're talking, we're talking resume here. Not talking knees or anything <laughs> like that. I, I just think you know, DJ has a major at Oakmont. Okay, and it was the, he played the greatest hole <laughs> ever played, which we've talked about. Yeah, he I showed flat. He on his resume, he showed flashes of being the greatest player of all time, just for short one hole, two hole stretches this week. Which I think to the point let, makes let, the one major damning. Let me ask you this. Whose career would you rather have, DJ or Rory? Rory. Rory. Okay. So PGA victories wise, DJ has what? Five, four more? Something like Rory that. Rory has four. 18. Yeah. So it's Rory easy Rory. Rory's got four majors. Brooks, so. Rory plays more around the world, though. You're saying those three majors are I'm worth 11, you know, yeah. 11 wins? I would say so. I, I think I'm taking Brooks there. Four majors is a completely different category. Uh, I'm, like, ta na I'm taking Brooks. Can you easily. name the most guys who've won the most major championships? You can. Yes. Can you name the guys who've won the most PGA Tour events? You probably can't. You probably think you can. Well, shout out to you know Billy Casper. Okay. No one ever talks about which we've covered. That's fine. Shout out to Sam Snead and his gerrymandered ass <laughs> record. But like you couldn't you couldn't tell me how many win PGA Tour wins Tom Watson has. Thirty nine. I'm gonna get. That's a guess. God, I hope that's not right. It's <laughs> gonna look so dumb. But like, you know, the that's no, the point. I, I, yeah, yeah. Of course, I, I get it. But also, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I see where you guys are going for. I think it is. I think it's kind of a coin flip. As as boring of an answer I as mean, that Brooks is, Brooks has only won over a four year stretch. All of his wins come from Tom Watson has 39 fucking. I told wins. you guys. <laughs> Yeah, I would tell. I take Dustin all. I take Dustin point all day. Proven. Point proven. Exactly. DJ memorizes the Hall of Fame stuff. <laughs> yeah, like all the. How, <laughs> how many does VJ have? Like twenty four. Thirty four. Boom. Okay. There. There's the point. All right. I haven't First looked. First of up all, I wasn't aware that Brooks had won four majors. I thought he had only won three. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the first I'm hearing P of this. Those PGAs, like I didn't enjoy either of them, so I I, I count those as a half. Bell Reeve was fun. No, Bell Reeve sucked. I mean, the course sucked, but Tiger made a run. Bell Reeve was super fun. That was That's a really horrible fun major. Take. Yeah, no, that was awful. Brooks, he won his first event, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Actually, you know, he did win the Turkish Airlines Open. So people forget twenty four November twenty fourteen, and his last victory was. FedEx St. Jude Invitational, July 28th, 2019. So really a, a five-year stretch. DJ's been winning tournaments since he was like 12. So we should have been racking up a lot more majors. I mean, I wouldn't period. be shocked if Kepka nabs another major, though. Totally. Oh, yeah. Many people also forget that Kepka won the back, the Dunlop Phoenix back-to-back. -back. <laughs> the, so. the one that comes with the lifetime supply of beef, right? <laughs> I think so. So that's a big, like, I, I, I do think, to your point earlier, Brooks has played around the world a little bit as well. I know you're big. That's a big uh, that, sticking point yeah. for you. Would you, can I ask a dumb question? Would you listen to an argument uh, that one U.S. Open is worth two PGAs? 
Yes. That's essentially what I'm getting at. Yeah. With- I'm trying to bolster your case. Well, he, Brooks well, so also he still has, has two, two of He still has two more. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, you know, we're, we're, we're tightening it up To win back-to-back U.S. Opens, too, is, I, like, I don't think of, we should of overlook course. that. No, of course. And then runner-up in the next year. So how about the, that stat, this stat earlier from Twitter? That in 200, so this was DJ's 22nd win in 271 career starts. Tiger had 71 <laughs> during it. And he won 71 in his first 250. So DJ has two more wins in 271 career starts than Phil Mickelson did. Which is interesting. How many? The question I, I saw a question well, flow. And how many? Also had to play against Tiger. How many? It's, it's, did Phil not have to? <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> yeah. uh, how many majors did Phil have at the in within his first two hundred seventy one career starts? The answer to that is zero. Yeah. Phil had not yet won a major at this point in his career, and of course has nabbed five. Uh, so it is not said a done deal for DJ to win a lot more majors. But gosh, it just feels like he should have a lot more. I mean, how about the fact that DJ shot in the eighties? A few weeks ago, I think he was twice. Hurt. Yeah, like that's nuts. Yeah, I think that was clear uh, with this the evidence that we have now that was had to be very clearly uh, related to injury. Seems, seems like he figured it out. Yeah, I think he's seems like he's doing okay. Another possibly dumb question. Let's say both players retired right now, uh, or theoretically, Dustin after he finishes the next two and a half holes and never played again. Who do you think would be like more uh, quote unquote famous? going forward because i almost think you can make an argument that it's dustin oh, i, I, I don't really know why yeah for sure because he can dunk a basketball <laughs> <laughs> which people also forget I, yeah, you know the heartache I, I agree with that. the heartache honestly which is where you're kind of like you know when you get down to resume isn't it it's almost kind of intangible it's almost kind of like who you know who gets remembered more or who uh is on top of that like mental list isn't that kind of sort of maybe kind of the same thing I, it's the fred couples of like it's the Fred Couples effect, right? Like, everybody knows Fred Couples. Ah, oh, you know, great guy. God, such a good golfer. And then you're like, oh, wait, wait, just one major? Um, but that's kind of my point. Is like, do you think Fred Couples is lying awake being like, God, I just I wish I had three more. Then I would really, that would make all the difference. No, if we're going by like, you know, if is DJ satisfied with what he's done in the game of golf or has he done enough? Like, yeah, absolutely, right? Um, but I, I still think... Like four to one majors wise, I I don't care if everybody forgets about Kepka. He's still, you know, yeah. one of the top twenty guys ever to play in terms of most majors. I, I just think that that carries weight. Bringing it back to this week, are we mad about the sixty on Friday after being eleven under through eleven? <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get to watch. We were commuting that day, but apparently laid up on on eighteen as well. Gets questionable lie in the rough. Etc. But uh, yeah, that seems to seems to have been an opportunity that got slipped away. Not a good hole you want to go at if you can't, you know, if you That's can't true. get it there. That's the hole that, of course, caused Luke Donald to call Gil Hans a cock. Exactly. Not a lot of people. Not, people don't talk about enough. This <laughs> is supposed to be a DM that oh. went public that Gil Hans is a cock for redesign. <laughs> what is it about TBC Boston that players cannot it the, handle? It was the 18th hole at that point, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 The, S- still the 18th. Still the 18th. <laughs> true. <laughs> People cannot handle TPC Boston, and here we are, guys are threatening to shoot 30 under. Here. Well, I, I just wanted to congratulate uh, the tour and the players and everyone on really cooler heads prevailing and taking out that centerline bunker on Huge. 12 because that it, it's very clear that TPC Boston was wildly unfair to the players, and I thought that was cool that we could see a proper competition this week. Can I also say that DJ... <laughs> that DJ <laughs> what a fucking joke. <laughs> DJ won in Saudi Arabia. 
at Royal Greens. <laughs> Thank you for that, Trod. How do you probably, handle that? That's probably half a British right there. <laughs> that's my favorite feature of the pod is Trod looking up stuff on Wikipedia and then <laughs> injecting it two minutes later, five minutes later. Well, I do want to talk some TPC Boston. Before we do get going on that, I also want to talk uh, about our friends at Whoop. If you don't know what Whoop is yet somehow, Fitness Wearable provides you personalized insights on your performance, your sleep, how recovered you are, how much stress you put on your body throughout the day from your workouts and the normal stressors of life. Guys, and the you're drinking. Whoop was damning in Oregon. Like it was giving me a little extra anxiety, I actually think, for how little our bodies were recovering. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> it, the Whoop just spoiled well, The Whoop hates alcohol. Yeah, I was going to say, it does, doesn't like alcohol it as does much more as it. than just induce anxiety yeah. as well. Uh, but if I could spin this back in a, in a bit of a way, I think what it does, at least for me, is provide uh, like accountability and, and guidelines, right? Where you're not just waking up in the morning feeling like, yeah, I feel about a six out of 10. It's like, no, here's exactly where you're at. Here's how well you slept. Here's how much strain you're willing to take on today or ready to take on today. And it was nice to get back from vac- you know, vacation, work. Uh, you know, whatever one in the same, but uh, yeah, it was good to get back and kind of see exactly where the body was, how quickly it bounces back, how much sleep you need, all that stuff was awesome. And now I feel big, great today. Big night last night. Which yeah. Oh my god, me and TC, TC, a complete battle for the ages. I had I got eleven hours and twenty six minutes of sleep last <laughs> night, and Tron, of course, somehow, somehow, eleven hours and twenty seven minutes, which so. is seventy eight percent recovery today. Which after. Eight straight days under like twenty percent. Right, need, I needed that. Turns yes. out when you don't sleep and you drink a lot, your body does not get a lot of rest. And um, you walk thirty six holes of golf. Yes, it, some it, of those days. It was a true work hard, play hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Whoop is offering fifteen percent off when you use the code No Laying Up at checkout. Go to Whoop.com. W H O O P.com. Enter the code No Laying Up to save fifteen percent. Sleep better, recover faster, and train smarter with Whoop today. And yes, you can use that fifteen percent off to get on your entire subscription, which can last, I think, uh, up to 18 months or even longer than that. So it does save you a lot, a lot of money. And I know a lot of people are taking advantage of that. So please continue to do so. Back to TBC Boston. Uh, A lot of questions, a lot of good questions this week. Jason Wilkie asks, shouldn't the playoffs be harder? (laughs) I mean, yeah. That's that's (laughs) an extremely fair question. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to do the calculations in my head. At least two of the 59s have been in the playoffs. Right, what BM- was BMW, Furick, yeah, that and, was yeah, that was fifty nine, yeah, that's and right. Scotty Scheffler, so that's kind of a damning stat, maybe. But the Furick one was a little different because I think he beat the whole field by like seven. That's true. Again, the field might have stunk this week. Well, why don't you expand? I don't expand on that. I think that was before we <laughs> before we came well, on. You were you coming up that. with the stat. You had the stat that DJ. Well, uh, D- <laughs> Dustin Strokes gained on the field a twenty three. Point zero five. I but the the field average uh, 1.6 strokes under par this week. I wouldn't. They, they the it was set up easy and DJ just took it the mega deep. Yes. So I just don't understand how it's so it's been so dry and hot in New England all summer, especially the last like six weeks, and the greens were soft as shit. <laughs> Live under par, which. It's Rumor has it that the, the PJ Tour has contacted the fan council to uh, survey a little bit to uh, ask if live under par should, uh, should go away. Really? Yeah, I've seen some screenshots from that that have been sent our way that uh, it might be, might, live under par might be dead. It might be dead under par. It, it was a tough time for live under par in the time of pandemic when, you know, everyone kind of pointed out right when it rolled out that it actually just means being sick. It was a tough one to constantly be putting out there. So I'm guessing that's at least part of the reason why they did away with that, but... 
But what do, were we talking about? We're just the, does the, the playoffs need to be harder course? Which I don't necessarily agree. Like the playoffs need to be harder. I think it just in general golf courses that's not set up to create entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to product. get too conceptual, but I think you got to almost kind of start with like, what are the playoffs? Like, what's the point? I'd like to talk to you guys about that as well. You know, and it's like, what? Uh, <laughs> that blow your mind with that one? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's it's like, are these supposed to be pseudo major championships, or are they supposed to be? shootout, excitement, let's get all the big names together. Because I'm guessing it's the latter. It's neither of those. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's a money grab. In, out, get, grab, bonk. (laughs) It is a bonus payout system that they they play off for, and they need to do better at like steering into like just the enormous sums of cash that they're playing for. That was like, all right, today, when we're we're talking to Max about him, you know, like, hey, man, like, we we think we're going to make it. Like, I kind of was asking myself, like, why do I give a shit if you make it or not? Like you made a couple million dollars already this year and all all this is going to do, unless you win Atlanta, all this is going to do is basically a couple extra $100,000 in bonus. Which is nice for a lot of people. It's super yeah. nice and I'm happy for Max and all that, but like at the end of the day, like why should I care? It, w- it would be a little different if the, uh, the playoffs started with the top 1,000 in the world. And some guys could like actually make a run and, you know, get some status or whatever. But yeah, just, just the kind of everybody's going, you're not, there's nothing really at stake except for like more money and like really like shadow money that you're never even going to like hear about or think about or whatever. It's, we talk about this all the time, but it's when the guy who finishes, you know, 35th makes whatever, 200 grand or some crazy number. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah. And I think if they're going to keep the current format, just take away the name playoffs. Call it the finals. Playoffs. It's not a playoff. So are like, why playoffs? are we called the finals? What? It's the Corn Ferry Tour finals. Like, right. why? Why is it the? Pl- but I don't think know. about how much different the Corn Ferry Tour finals feels because there's something at stake other than money. Yeah. Right. But I'm saying like, and well, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how you inject anything else, you know, to be at stake. But it's, it's, it was yeah, it's tough to get up for for this one, especially after. The Women's British and the Corn Ferry Tour event this week. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, oh, sick. Dustin, it's crazy, man. Great stuff. So Nick DiCello asks, how would you fix the playoffs, Randy? Just shoot them to the moon. Like, <laughs> why do we have to have playoffs? That That's so dumb. Other, well, I mean, it le- it's better than nothing, I think. It's better than like at pre-2007, like the tour just like went away after the last major Careful with that take. The faces around here. Again, why? God forbid you have an offseason. Yeah. No, like, why? They're not playoffs. So, what? Like, some things don't need playoffs, right? Like, NASCAR trying to do playoffs and and PGA Tour golf trying to do playoffs. Like, well, it comes down, it comes back to the tour not owning any of the four majors. That's what I was going to say. I feel like this is extremely personal opinion here, but I feel like. The way golf has trended the last few years is the same as the way all sports have trended, where the big events have gotten a lot bigger and the medium events just are a lot harder to place. Like there's a lot less context. And I, I have nothing to back this up, but I feel like on whether it's as stupid as a measurement of like on Twitter or I, I don't really know what the ratings totally feel like, but that's a whole other can of worms. But I feel like the US Open when it's on, like it's a bigger deal than it was five years ago. When the PGA is on, I feel like it was a bigger deal than it was five years ago. Like, I don't feel that with the playoffs. I don't feel that with the Wyndham. I don't feel that with, like, any of these other PGA Tour-owned events. And that seems like a really big problem. I feel – I will say I feel it with the players. I feel like they have done a good job of 
elevating the players to use a douchey marketing term, but I, I feel like that's a one that's gotten bigger and more grand and more important feeling. But yeah, the playoffs just it just seems like such a transparent way to own something bigger and kind of grow it into this like big grand thing. And it just is such a, it's an ad. Like it's just such a, like I'm going to go transparent thing. That complete opposite direction of this though, with everything considering all the talks around the PGL, right? This is a devised system, right? To take this huge pool of money and funnel it to the top players, right? That's what it is. So it exists to basically reward the top players in the game for a long season and it's not for fans i definitely don't think which is where as a fan i'm like yeah cool i don't care like what else is on or what else am i doing or on just, my sunday just like give that money out anyway like i don't think that's the only way they can do it like legally probably yeah and i i totally yeah. get that like and i in full support think? of if you have all the money like you might as well devise the coolest way to possibly divvy it out and when we're being realistic like this probably is that like what else are you gonna do you can't you know, it's not going to be a big well, close to the pin contest. Going or back something. last week, they did the Wyndham Rewards bonus or whatever. Justin <laughs> Thomas won that without he didn't play in the event. Colin Morikawa didn't play in the event. Bryson came in fourth. He didn't play in the event. Uh, Daniel Berger came in seventh. He didn't play in the event. Like half the guys in the top ten of this, it, they didn't bother to play. JT pocketed another two million dollars. They fleeced Wyndham with that one. It, it was Wyndham's move to like try to get their field better, and that has not worked out that way. But uh, yeah, might literally be too much money to distribute. Could very well be. Um, and then you've got guys like Roger Sloan just hoovering all this stuff up. <laughs> you know, That's my favorite verb. Uh, just like yeah, and then yeah, don't even get me started. Like you got the Corn Fairy Finals. You know they're gonna have those again next year, and the top seventy-five or the top seventy-five from the Corn Ferry play, and then the the bottom the one twenty-five through the, or sorry the one twenty-six through the two hundred from the PGA Tour play, they should not let the one twenty-six to the two hundred on the PGA Tour play in the Corn Ferry Finals next year. They had two years shit or get off the pot. You're playing on the Corn Ferry Tour full time in twenty twenty-two. Only thing I have to say to that is I don't believe anybody was getting you started on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sick take, though. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Or, or you know, I like that. If you finished one twenty six to one fifty, you can do it. You can get back. You can earn your way back on. You're still going to have some status anyway. If you finish outside the top one fifty, get the hell out. <laughs> I, I love that take. I'm way on board with that. Are there any other ideas to well, fix the playoffs? Sure, you could do a lot of things. I, I I'm a, I am pro handicapping the tour championship. I agree. I think it's no, I think that, I that's do a think great that change. A, that was a good change. That is very much a what? half-assed commissioner for a day change that I cannot believe. What if they, they handicapped did? all three of them? That's where I'm getting the, at. I'm glad you said on that. The regular season. What could they do? I mean, match play. I think we we say all the time, like at least in Atlanta, you know, you're probably going to have your. Pretty close to your thirty best guys. At least I would say your top, your twenty-five best guys. Right? There's always some. I think it's some people who rock it up and get a bunch of points in the playoffs and and get into Atlanta. But I, I feel like I'm, the downside of match play is everybody says it's bad for TV and what if you get two duds and you know blah blah blah. But I feel like the tour championship you'd be pretty. I, I would like to watch two guys playing off for fifteen million dollars. I don't know. Seems cool. The match. I think it's that doesn't answer the first couple playoff events though. That totally. Yeah. You're you're very right about yeah. that. Well, I think one way to do it is go like go play cooler courses, <laughs> straight up. Olympic well, Fields should be pretty cool. Olympic Fields I? is going to be good. Yeah. Yes, and that's what I was kind of getting at with like the what is the playoffs situation is. You know, if you're trying to make them really, really, really good tests, i.e., great golf courses and stuff, I think that's a different avenue than kind of what we're 
what we kind of have been doing. And I, and I, I know this is going to sound like an ad, but I will give BMW credit. You know, I don't know how much selection power they have in that, but I mean, going to places like Cherry Hills and Crooked Stick and now this year, Olympia Fields and... Aronimink. Aronimink, like they Caves have... Caves Valley next year. Yeah, yeah, Caves Valley next year. Like I, I do feel like they've at least moved it around, whereas TPC Boston doesn't really... Oh, but Liberty National next year. Move me, Liberty <laughs> National spot, doesn't move out. me. <laughs> one of the great power moves of our time was uh, was it Glen Oaks, the mega, mega, mega private one in New York that was like, we'll host it for one year just so everybody can see it, and we're never hosting it again. <laughs> uh, that was interesting. Randy, but, yeah, other than that, that it's kind of like, man, I, I don't really know what it's all about. Right. It's a flawed premise, right? We're trying to answer a question that none of us are even caring to ask. I, I don't think any of us are dying for like this playoff system. Like you said, it's it's strictly a system to to give out money. Um, it, I just think it, they got to steer into that. There's got to be a, a barrel full of 15. Like a, you can bring a Brinks truck in. You can have it sponsored. <laughs> I don't care. But the oh. the cash needs to sit on the 18th green. I was telling somebody about this the other day. They should have FedEx actually dump like parachute the money out <laughs> yes. of a, out of a FedEx freighter jet. I'm way in. Be sick, right? Like the airdrops, like the army makes exactly. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but it would just be like you know pallets full of cash. Yes, I think they are in a weird spot this year. Also, <laughs> as that's a fantastic idea. I want to give that idea. It's, it's I know due. you know what you're gonna say. Well, I think they're in a tough spot with the charity stuff, right? Where like you know there was a yeah. little bit floating around, and we've said it on the podcast a little bit too. Where a lot of these charities, a lot of these charities are not getting the amount of money that they have gotten in the past, and the tour has done a lot of good stuff to try to make up some of that with like the Wednesday skins games and and that kind of stuff. I think they've they've put on a pretty big effort the last few weeks, month, you know, to do that, but it's gonna be some tough optics the next few weeks when it's like, you know, 15 million, 10 million, 8 million, you get fucking 5 million. Here you go. It's it, that's going to be a really weird line for them to walk over the next few weeks when really, like we've said a million times, the playoffs are basically just that, just this big like cash redistribution system. It's amazing that we had this season long and all this projected stuff. And like, even as of today, no one that was watching could understand like what any, any stroke meant or what anything happened. Like they needed something for the playoffs to just be like, here, here, here's the simple cut for how you make like the final 70, which like, is to your point, maybe it should be handicapped, you know, yeah. handicapped and just sure. do it all by strokes. Sure. Going back to TPC Boston. I think we asked the question, like, why does it get shit on all the time? I think part of it is because there's so much good golf in New England and it just feels like such a waste to be playing there. But it's right in downtown Boston. That's <laughs> exactly. all the aerials exactly. show you. I mean. Exactly. Uh, it, you know, it's, it feels like a band-aided together Arnold Palmer course that then Hans tried to touch up and breathe new life. It feels a little bit, doesn't really have an identity. I've played down there a couple of times. Really, really nice walk in the woods. I was going like, to say, I, I feel like I, I've been there f- three or four times. And like, I actually, every time I'm there, I'm like, God, I would really, really like to play here. But I then, don't know that that means like but it Dustin just doesn't Johnson have a whole lot of there. soul, you know. And then I think also it's like, yeah, it just doesn't, you know, the fact that they went from four playoff events to three playoff events and like nobody said a thing about it. Like, <laughs> I just remember that today. Know? I'm like, oh, yeah, they're really cutting a lot of people. Yeah. Out. Or like, you know, if they wanted to basically move this thing around the Eastern Seaboard, you're like, all right, let, we're going to have one playoff event in the Northeast. We're going to have one in the Midwest and we're going to have one out West somewhere. Like, we're going to have one in Seattle, Portland, San Francisco in prime time, like that's a way to breathe new life into it too. And it, yeah, I mean, BMW did that one time with, with Cherry Hills in Denver. Yeah. And I don't know if it was, I mean, I do know it was a tough commute, like to go from Boston to Denver to wherever, Chicago or. It, I got another existential question. This is bothering me. 
if we're going to call it playoffs, why do 125 guys get into the playoffs? Exactly. That's a fantastic point. Make the playoffs actually special, right? I So I don't know what the exact number would be, whether it's, you know, 24, 32. Assuming there are three events, I would do a stroke play, you know, 32-man tournament week one. The winner gets a bye into a match play semifinal. The second week, I would take the remaining guys. The, the guy who won the previous week can play just for the money. Whoever wins gets a buy into the semifinals, and then take the other like thirty guys or twenty-two guys, match play them into a semifinal with the two winners, and and have a true like playoffs, right? It, it, because the the one of the inherent flaws of the playoffs is if one hundred twenty-five guys get in, like who cares during the regular season? But if it's the yeah. top twenty-four guys, well, then all of a sudden it's like oh shit, like it, you know, you, you actually have to like really play well to get into the playoffs. One hundred twenty-five guys too. Then they would say, well, you know, there's like 200 guys with cards. And it's like, yeah, that's the problem. There's yeah, probably two freaking yeah. guys with cards. Yeah. It, yeah. it seems like a bunch of like, yeah, but, yeah, but like, yo, like that stuff is not our problem. Like you you guys got to fix that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? I think that's a fantastic idea. Why not even kind of borrow from the most interesting playoff, quote unquote, in sports, which is probably March Badness, right? And make it a 64-man match play bracket that's just broken up over – different tournaments you know like the way that yeah. they do the match play or the uh march madness regionals where it's like yeah, all right you got two games here and then we're moving to two yeah. games here and you just kind of slowly whittle it down like how cool would it be jason kokrak we're sending you to spokane <laughs> yeah <laughs> well no that's a good idea because march madness encompasses you, you have to win six games right? right so you can make those first couple rounds to to avoid potentially like the 64 over one seed upside like you can make them best of three or best of five and play it over four days or totally. start one somebody weekend. one up or two up or yeah. something like that or yeah not so, even so you play like two rounds one week two rounds the next week and then you have the the final four and there's no reason if you want to make it four days for tv like there's no reason everybody has to play every day break it right. up and you know jt you're playing thursday rory you're playing your match friday you know you'd have like good yeah. tv every day but but uh, yeah the 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 key things for me is like you gotta have like a head to head, and I, th I yeah. think I think and if it's got to be less people. If you did have head to head, how cool would it be even to have like oh shit, next week is JT versus Rory, we've got like five days to like get right. up for it. That this would be is what awesome. I've always said: at the end of the tour championship, the top like eight or sixteen should go on to the playoff. Totally, the whole thing is whittled down. You can call it the finals, and then it's the playoffs, and it's match play, and it's prime time, the week right after the tour championship, and that is. Then you get to keep it. So, like, the answer to all that is, unfortunately, like, the fan loses out in this regard. But, like, they need to sell the sponsorship to Northern Trust, to BMW, to all that. And those companies want a ton of the big names there. And years where you can have fans and they can host all hospitality and all that stuff. But, like, if you have, you know, if they can't, you can't promise that. The, 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 I think those companies pay a premium for the playoff events. And big you, premium. if you can't, you know, promise that you're going to have a big bulk of them, they're probably not going to pay that. Is the answer to a lot of that question, I think. But well, like going back to the whole match play, you know, criticism of like, well, yeah, you're going to be left with, you know, blowout or matchup. Like, what was this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Action packed. Yeah. Do you see Daniel Berger's in third place right now? Well, and I don't get that either because the USAM, for example, had you told me at the beginning of the week, it's Star Fachi against <laughs> who? Osborne. Osborne, like at the Ozzy Osborne's crazy. Like, stuff. dude, those two guys are gonna play a match. Like, do you care? Like, no, I don't care. But when it becomes the USAM final, all of a sudden it's it's riveting. Yeah. When you run into a dejected Ali Osborne at the Bandon <laughs> yeah. Trails Clubhouse afterwards, yeah. and he probably realized they didn't have the the Asian Caesar. 
which probably made it we're, even worse. Yeah, we're going to get into that, I think, on our separate podcast. <laughs> this question is for Tron. This is from Douglas McFarlane. Is Scotty Scheffler the oldest 24-year-old on earth? <laughs> yes, we've been over this. Are you going to uh, apologize for him <laughs> just leaving his caddy stranded in the fairway there with it? I think Scotty's out, out of gas, too. No, it was a cramp. Either He said he heard something pop, which... <laughs> Come on. I mean, he just left him there, kind of went on and, putting and, while they were attending to him. You're in New England, too. It's not like it's <laughs> swelteringly hot. It, yeah. did, it's, it gets pretty hot. Did his caddy Dutch boy his sock? Like oh. Schilling. <laughs> Schilling lives down in those parts, too. <laughs> uh, Should Scotty have withdrawn to attend to him? Very interesting. No, well, I, I think you should. Do you have an apology, Sally? I don't. I asked for you if you had we, one. Uh, Tron and I conferred, and we would like, I'm representing Tron legally now, and we <laughs> this would is like bullshit. a 59 minute apology <laughs> for all the things you, bad you've said about Scotty Scheffler uh, about his 59 this week. Only if Tron will apologize for him being the only guy <laughs> in the top 25, other than Danny Lee, that's over par today. Not over yet. We got two and a half. He, could, he could easily birdie eighteen. Uh, in fact, he's got four feet to do so. In so. fact, yeah. So he will be even, and that will bump him up uh, into a T four situation. How'd Lanto do this week? Your boy Lanto uh, actually is ahead of Scotty on the money list this week or this year. So actually, Scotty might pass him finally uh, on this week, which with the birdie on eighteen could could be. Uh, which I think he was your first round pick. I think Lanto is like my fourth round pick. So it's cool to see. That that value I mean, kind of paid you know, off. Scotty so. Scotty's exhausted, man. All he's done is just you know, basically top thirty every event this year. He's coming off of two wins on the on the Corn Ferry last year, uh, Corn Ferry Player of the Year last year. <laughs> he might get he might need to get a uh, a new whoop if he's still exhausted from his two wins on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. <laughs> he hasn't had any time to just relax, man. He needs he, to get some more sleep, he's old. He's like Benjamin Button. <laughs> Well, all right. Speaking of uh, players being out of gas, did you guys see the McRibs quotes this week? I heard I them. did not. Why don't you take us there? This, this was from Roderick McElroy. Uh, he started off, always a good one. This is going to sound really bad. Hell yeah. Big fan. <laughs> Listening. Big fan of that one myself. Uh, but I feel like the last few weeks, I've just been going through the motions. I want to get an intensity and some sort of fire, but I just haven't been able to. And look, that's partly due to the atmosphere and partly due with how I'm playing. I'm not inspiring myself, and I'm trying to get inspiration from outside sources to get something going. Does not feel like uh, playoff fever. Catch it. <laughs> I've been trying to give him some outside inspiration. And I, I think he he's been doing that for like a year, but you know, even that, maybe he's you're giving him too much to chase. He can't catch it. Appreciate the honesty. Of course. As always. Uh, of course. Appreciate yeah, the a, honesty. It's an interesting quote. It surprised me with the PGA being I know. last weekend. Totally. I I would I would have to think that he's excluding the PGA from that. He didn't, but I mean, he didn't explicitly say that. But I, I had that assumption as well. Um, I don't know. There was a great a great piece uh, Dylan DeChair wrote about him and Tiger playing together, and that that was just kind of a weird uh, had to be kind of a weird vibe on site this week of Tiger and Rory playing together with no fans around. There was a great picture going around of those two just sitting at the picnic table eating a cheeseburger and having diet cokes right by the media center which never could have happened if there were fans on site so i think there were a lot of people who said you know tiger's probably going to thrive when he comes back into playing with no fans i'm sure even we said that but hearing tiger talking about it and i think rory's probably maybe intimating this a little bit too i think those guys are so used to having fans around and they probably feed on it so much that it's probably been just like a little 
like he was referring to Graham, a Graham McDowell quote where he was saying he was just like playing zombie golf. Like it just doesn't so, feel like it matters. It doesn't feel like it's the same as it has been. I took his quote a different way. I took it like I'm just out of sorts and I'm tired. I think it's probably a little bit of both. He's only but, played like 10 times this whole year. Cat or Rory? No, Rory. Yeah. I mean, he played, he's played, uh, he played Farmers, he played Riviera, played the Grupo Salinas Championship, <laughs> played API, uh, Colonial, uh, Harbortown, Travelers. Like he's played a lot. I mean, he played, uh, he played Colonial, Harbortown, Travelers, back to back to back. Then he took a couple weeks off. Then he played Memorial. Then he took a couple, then he took one week off. Then he played FedEx, and then then he played PGA. So like I, you know, I just feel super monotonous and like all the testing. I don't know. It, it's a uh, it, it, Tiger's what Tiger's quotes were more along the lines of like. I'm now kind of a little bit out of a disadvantage here because like I've done this in front of people for so long and now some of these guys get to like these big moments in the in a golf tournament don't have a bunch of fans around to put, you know, pressure on them and have people moving around and a whole different thing you need to balance. And uh yeah, it just has kind of neutralized things a little bit. Roy was even talking about he kind of goes on later in the uh later in the story says maybe that's the strategy. He's talking about basically like making bets with his caddy during practice rounds he said maybe that's the strategy i do that in practice rounds sometimes with harry we make a lot of bets where i try to shoot scores and try to win dinner whatever it is maybe i need to do that and it's like you know you're playing for 15 million dollars and like that's not even like getting these guys going and of course that's just a folk you know focus group of one it's just rory talking i'm sure there's other guys that are are jacked up but it's i don't know very i don't want to say telling don't want to say like read too much into it i just think it's Super interesting and, of course, appreciate Rory's honesty, as always, about how he's feeling. Because he kind of hasn't looked himself either. Does he have to play this week? Sponsors and, and whatnot? I don't know. Uh, that'd be my – like, why are you – Well, why, he, why I mean, he, he's won bo- – he's won this – he's won yeah. this course twice, I think. Yeah. So that's part of it. But, yeah, and he's tw- – I think after this week, he's 12th in the FedEx Cup. So it's not like he's – Doesn't he's, have to. He's got an outside track to Atlanta. So. I mean, I'm guessing based on a lot of, you know – everything we were saying about the playoffs, like I'm guessing there's a strong, strong recommendation, like please play. It'd be really great for us if you would please play. And and I'm sure there's, you know, four or five guys that kind of get those, uh, those handshakes from, from the commissioner, but. Which who knows how sponsor deals are really working out this year though, too. But I mean, you know, with adjusted, not being as many tournaments, but these guys have big ass numbers. They need to reach in terms of tournaments played to hit very sizable numbers with their biggest sponsors, right? Like, yeah, I, I, this is a truly a guess. Like, TaylorMade is not sponsoring him to play twelve events. Like, it's, it's yeah. I don't know what his number is, but I'm sure well, that was it is part of what the driving relief thing was all about. I'm sure it at, was, yeah, at Seminole. Yeah, I mean, he's he's basically the deputy commissioner, so he's got to set a good example for the other guys too, right? <laughs> so yeah. finding ourselves in a more money, more problems situation yeah. here. Here's a question for you guys: Anybody inside, like the top? We'll say the top thirty right now. That is, who's the worst case scenario for the suits in Pontevedra? Like, oh god, that that guy might win. Like, that's not good. The tour championship, you mean? Yeah. Is it all in twenty twenty? Jason Kokrak. He is all in. People forget that. I feel like they couldn't even be mad about that because he told them <laughs> what a year ago, <laughs> however long ago. He does. I mean, he has. He has pocket aces and pocket queens <laughs> and pocket kings. If nobody knows what we're talking about, go to look up Jason Kokrak's Instagram. Where he's just hoarding, hoovering all the cards in the deck. All the cards in the deck. He's played six-card uh, 
And you know, another stud. thing, I thought it was interesting this week. Everybody inside the top 10 except for really all right. So everybody inside the top seven was already inside the top 30 except for Kevin Kisner. He went from 40th to like 23rd. Quiz question on this. Where, where's Hideki Matsuyama in the current FedEx Cup standings? 180th. <laughs> I'll take the under. I'm looking, so I'll recuse myself. Okay. 36th. 18th. Really? What? I got zero Hideki memories from this year yeah, other than zero. missing an eight-foot birdie putt. Uh, where's Justin Well, he Rose? won the players. I wonder That's if they true. gave him all the points. Also, points Scotty Scheffler did make that putt on cool. the 72nd hole. Very Working cool. Even part today. Where's Justin Rose on the FedEx Cup standings? Uh, 180th. 91. He's gone. <laughs> he gone. He gone. Ricky's gone. Spieth gone. Lot of, Mickelson's lot gone. of names that are gone. I think Spieth's common, guys. How about <laughs> Phil playing the... Phil's uh, going to the Champions Tour. Yeah. That's pretty wild. How about that? Trying to stay sharp for the US Open. Is that depressing for you? Uh, no, I actually like it as a little strategic play. Just trying to get <laughs> some... Get some competitive reps in before the U.S. Open. So what's what's the wow yeah that's what what's a weird the thing story? To say. Yeah, the next two weeks they're in the Ozarks at top of the Rock. I, I, I believe they are. In the, yeah, they, are they truly, playing both courses? Or are they just playing one course? Truly, who could say? Hopefully, right. Phil's sure. only playing the par three course out there. <laughs> Do you guys have any? Uh, <laughs> that event's sick. Any, it is. Any Hamsterdam takes before we move on to uh, Sofia Popov? If we're in the nest, I didn't watch any of the golf. Yeah. Uh, last week <laughs> of CBS. For, for the year, right? Except for Augusta. Till Augusta. It was going to be my soapbox Sunday. Oh, but I'm sorry. You do hate to see that. It was also going to be my you hate to see it. To, to answer your question before we do move on, sorry, I, I pulled up the projected standings. There's not a lot of massive horror stories from a corporate marketing standpoint up there in the top, I'd say, 10, 12. Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, these are projected. So, you know, who knows where Harris English will finish, although I think He's we have sixth. a pretty good idea. I know. Uh, no, Dustin Johnson projected standings. Right. I, I meant the golf tournament hasn't finished, but He's I'm sure he'll. Okay. Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Webb Simpson, Daniel Berger, maybe not ideal. Colin Morikawa, I think that would be great. Harris English, probably not ideal. Uh, Bryson, the big golfer, DeChambeau, Sung J M. Which, uh, how much do we miss Bryson on weekends? Like oh, golf is not nearly no, as fun to watch. Totally. Sung needs to find some form. He's been pretty shaky the last. Three weeks or so, four weeks. After that, you, ha you have John Ram, uh, Patrick Reed, Xander Shoffley, Roy McElroy, and then you get down to Brendan Todd, your boy, who I think would probably be the worst case scenario of of those guys. No offense to anyone, of no which we are still very happy for. Of course, yeah, I would be ha maybe happier for him than anybody that yes. we've kind of rattled off there. But I, I think it'd be perfect if Fino won the won the FedEx. <laughs> would that, would you count that as a win? No, just as a marker of like how unimportant. What it is, is what is he currently? Uh, He's inside the top 30. 29th. He's getting schlonged right now, too. Uh, going back to Ozark, the Top of the Rock stuff, they're playing two courses. Ozark's National, which I believe is the new one by Corin Crenshaw. Crenshaw. And then uh, uh, they're playing the Foz course as well. Mm. Buffalo Ridge. Um, any Amsterdam takes? <laughs> no, but that just reminded me of the, the John Daly course that was at the Ozarks that they... Blew up in order to build Tiger's course, yeah. which had like a like a fifteen minute cart ride between two of the holes. It's called like Murder Ridge or something, wasn't it? It was always good for a laugh. Amsterdam. I I watched really. I watched a little bit of Golf Channel coverage, and I watched a lot of the Corn Ferry stuff. I just got I got to give a shout out to my guy Burko Perks. 
Gary Christian. They're pros. Uh, Billy Ray. BRB. They're all, yeah, they're all they're all down there. Or actually, they're not all down there. They were down in Orlando, most of them. And they had a couple on the ground. Um, they, the last two days, they would not shut up about Curtis Luck's hands and his and his the freedom in his arms. Gifted hands. Yeah. The only ham- Carson ask. <laughs> the only Amsterdam I had was uh, that I thought NBC did an awesome job with the Women's Open this morning. That was a delightful watch. Well, well, I'd like to Sky. piggyback on that though, because they showed an hour of it. They cut from Golf Channel. Well, I meant NBC Golf Channel. Okay, I, that I was hated. a Sky feed. I mean, don't that. Well, listen, I don't know. I'm okay. just, I'm just. That was British announcers. Yeah. They were just in charge of no, the feed. Rich Lerner was. He there. Was no, Rich- he. You could tell when he came in from the studio trying to like fake call it. Yeah, it, it was it was a sky feed, and well, I think listen, it's whoever pretty, it was, it was great. I thought it was good. I thought it was I thought it was reprehensible that they would throw coverage from like just keep it on golf at that point. Don't throw it over to NBC for two and a half holes. That was stupid. You know what? They're trying to get some that's, network exposure. That, that's for, Mike Wan's big yeah. tent pole initiative. Network baby, it's huge. Well, then shame on golf for not putting it on NBC in the morning. I'm sure they had to get like meet the press in or something. <laughs> Which actually, that's probably yeah. Chuck Todd, your boy Chuck stinks. Todd was yeah, probably bucking no, his Tron's head. boy Chuck Todd loves oh, his hair. Sleepy, sleepy eyes, he, Chuck. He Tron is, always tells oh. me he loves his hair. Tron's trying to grow his hair out like no. Chuck Todd. Chuck right Todd's now. got the worst goatee in all. <laughs> all right, <laughs> that's Amsterdam. Chuck well done. Usually, got to shut me up on this thing. I, <laughs> Chuck Tron Schuster. <laughs> You're a bad guy. Randy. All I was gonna say is streaming. I tried to stream that, and then streaming blows. It, every time you get in and out of the app, you have to watch four new ads. Well, DJ it's was watching the Corn Fairy on streaming today. And he said he just kept getting the same Arby's commercial over and over again. Shout out to Ving Rames. <laughs> I, I kept getting the same three PGA Tour, like the playoffs, the Corn Ferry spot, and then the Champions Tour at Bass Pro Shops, whatever. And I'm like, yo, I'm already watching the golf. I'm, I'm watching Corn Ferry for God's sake. Like, would, you don't would. have to advertise <laughs> your product on for something that like I'm clearly watching by choice. I was thinking about that after you said that. There might just not be a lot of people lining up to sponsor the Corn Ferry event opposite the playoffs. Just show event. us more golf then. Mm. I'm with you there. How about the, uh, the erection commercial? So I did not see this. If you could describe it in great oh detail. Oh, my goodness. That'd be awesome. That may it's, have been a tag targeted ad. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a like, erectile dysfunction commercial. It was... If you had like a disformed, like this was, I don't feel, I feel, I don't feel bad like explaining. I feel weird explaining it, but this was on television. This was, no, this is, I'm just telling you what was on there. We're not talking about like a run of the mill Cialis commercial with two elderly folks laying in the bathtub. Everyone loves the class and subtlety that comes with those. This was older dudes holding up pieces of like food that were in very phallic shapes and it was talking about like if you have unhealthy bumps on your erection or if it leans a certain way then you might have uh P- Pyrenees disease or something mm, something great, like that great Pyrenees disease yeah and it was like the guy takes the pe- the cucumber into the doctor's office to show the doctor like yeah this Which is, is super smart if you think about it right and uh so i just was like blown away by this and uh, it was it was very very uncomfortable to watch, and I, I appreciated the uh, you know the obviously the erectile dysfunction commercials have a, a touch of class and subtlety to it. And this was right in your face. So every time I want to complain about you know golf or the broadcast or whatever, and it's like God, why aren't they just you know why do they turn off so many younger people? Why do they you know why aren't they more inclusive to these other groups? Blah blah blah. It's like ah, that, let's look at who's buying the ads here, and and yeah. thereby who's probably, who's probably watching. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're finally getting to this. Uh, we're way too late, and we do apologize for that. But the actual content of the AIG Women's Open today. 
Sofia Popov, the 304th ranked player in the world, uh, had no status on the LPGA Tour, had won $108,000 in her entire career up to this, won in, I would say, pretty commanding fashion, leading from out in front basically the entire weekend, never missing a shot coming in, and won $650,000 and a major championship for her first win uh, on the LPGA Tour. How about that? It was popping off. It was popping off. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) I was waiting for that one. <laughs> Randy, put it in context for us. Ben for, Curtis-esque? For fun, the Probably. 303rd, and uh, there's two guys tied for 303rd in the world ranking. They're Steven Yeager and Hank Lebiota. Um, Hank's on the PGA Tour, and, and Yeager's on the Corn Ferry Tour currently. That, yeah, that's great the, round by him today. Yeah, you had a good, I was going to say, he had a good week. That's the equivalent of one of those guys winning a major championship, which is... Well, I, I mean, first of all, you want to bring us back to what happened at Q School with her? Well, yeah, well, you got that intel, so... Who, what did Lauren say? So she played with Lauren Coughlin, a young Her hitter. DJ got that in. Young hitter of, of NLU, who, by the way, I was texting with this morning to try to get some, some context, and I was like, this is bullshit that they're moving from Golf Channel to NBC. Lauren, LPGA player, said, you have no idea how huge this is for us. To get even an hour of mm. network coverage is massive. Oh, well, I would like yeah. the regular show. I'm Damn fighting you, for... Randy. No, no, no. So listen, maybe you're more my, plugged in. Maybe you're more plugged in. I don't know. Yeah. No, my but, problem is they should have more than one hour. Um, and I agree. I think we have common ground. Okay. There. Anyways, uh, Lauren played with Sophia at Q School this year at Pinehurst, relayed the following intel that she was outside the number, eagled 17 to get inside the number of getting an LPGA card. And then missed a four-footer on 18 to get back outside the number. Brutal finish. Uh, then Lauren said that they, her and her husband and Sophia and her boyfriend all went and played the cradle. Randy, another place. Mm-hmm. You know, par three courses, I know, eased a lot of your pain as well. Of course. Uh, until it got dark. But, yeah, by all accounts, just a uh, super person. Just fantastic, uh, fantastic story. So 27 years old, she played collegiantly at USC. USC. She was a... Fight, baller, fight on collegiate player, our, national our champion. Friend of the program, well. Justin Silverstein, said, uh, you know, quote, like, I know, I know, A, fight on, and B, <laughs> TC, I know you will fight tooth and nail to get her into uh, the ANA inspiration and the US Women's Open. And she doesn't get into either of those as of the moment, uh, which I understand the ANA because that field was set as like the first major of the year. That field's always set, but. I think it's bullshit that she's not in the U.S. Women's Open. I, I would give them a week, a couple of days. Like they, they have to write that wrong. I would can, think. Can you it should have been instantaneous. What's going on there? Sorry, to we're going out of order here. Do you want to start with the with the context, or are you going to jump right to that? Start with the context. Well, okay, sure. I, I mean, the comparison they drew on the broadcast was was like a Ben Curtis, but probably more out of left field, even than that. She's never won on the Symmetra Tour, which is the LPGA equivalent of the Corn Ferry Tour. Obviously, had never won on the LPGA Tour. Was caddying a few weeks ago at the event at Inverness. Um, for Ann Van Dam. For Ann Van Dam. I, I don't know. She was sharing a push cart at the marathon with <laughs> Ann Van Dam. They were in alternate waves, and they passed along the same push cart and used it. Yeah. Uh, she did win a Cactus Tour event, which they, you know, at... True North, I think, or three this. this. She won, I think she won three Cactus Tours. That okay. stuff was, again, popping off during COVID, the Cactus Tour. The, yeah. There, it, was, it was just taking the desert by storm. Um, <laughs> storm and Norman Schwarzkopf. <laughs> so what I am not 100% sure of is if she would have played in the Women's Open under normal circumstances. So I don't think she would have because I think what happened was based on – all of this is secondhand via uh, the excellent 
Bethann Nichols, friend of the program. Basically, I think what happened was, so she was so far kind of down the priority ranking, and there were so few players who came over to play those events in Ohio, in, in Toledo, that she ended up getting in on priority ranking. She finished ninth at the second event, the marathon, I think, in uh, Toledo, and then that's what got her in. I, I'm sure they do like an open qualifying series type thing to fill the field for the Women's Open, and so that ninth place finish got her into the Open, which then obviously she won. So she would not have been there without if the whole without th- all the COVID stuff, which if is the whole crazy. thing with the Open though, like with all the exemptions that they're giving out to you know top five the symmetric, US Open. yeah, the U.S. Women's Open. So she's not to, okay. to tie a bow on all of this. She's not in currently the U.S. Women's Open or the ANA Inspiration because those fields were both finalized. Basically, they're trying to reward the players who had already these events should have taken place like earlier uh, Mm -hmm. because of COVID. They got pushed back and delayed. So they're trying to honor those fields that were locked in and basically saying no more new people through the door. So she wins the Women's Open and is not exempt for the next two majors. Her exemption doesn't kick in until next season, basically. Which I think she would be exempt for next year's U.S. Women's Open. She would. Of course. Yes. But she's in like no man's land right now, which is... I would say justifiably bullshit. Yeah, it's a highly unusual scenario. But here it's like, all right, if you're giving all these exemptions to the top amateur players and the top ladies European tour players, whomever, just, yeah, like put one more person in the field. It seems like a massive oversight that they wouldn't have had a, you know, when they're doing top X number of people in the Rolex rankings and top blah, 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 it seems like it would have been really easy to say. To that point. Women's open winner, if not otherwise exempt. There wasn't one scheduled. When they came oh, out with fair. the yeah, yeah. Uh, announcement of the U.S. Women's Open and the exemption criteria, there was not a U.S. I don't believe. I thought they came out with the exemption criteria well after the announcement that they were going to have it. I could be I wrong there. I don't know, but I don't. That would make more sense. Yeah, I, but and we're just hours removed. I, I would give I would give them some time to yeah. see to see what shakes out. Sophia Popov, first German woman to win a, a major, which is kind of cool. Always, you know, we were talking about like. Male or female, if you're the first person from a country uh, to achieve something like that. I will say the one thing I was a little disappointed in, and to take nothing away from her performance, I feel like they got crowned a little bit by a lack of wind. Mm. Um, It it wasn't exactly the type of wind you want to see on a Sunday at an open championship. And uh, the other elephant in the room is, you know, how many of the the world-class Korean players were not able to make the event. But – Certainly understandable under under the COVID situation. I don't think it, it takes you know anything away from Sophia's performance. I was shocked. I was I just thought she was at least going to make some mistakes today, and she was so solid. Made so many like fifth like those putts on fifteen and sixteen were just yeah. nailed. It was kind of like all right, let's steer it home here. Let's steer it home. And she drains a good long birdie on fifteen. And was like oh what an exclamation point. And the lead that did not. Stretch. They were uh, Swana Swanapura. I'm gonna probably mess that up. Awesome name, but uh, I still got it wrong. Jasmine kept making birdies. She birdied 16. I still kind of thought it was over then, and it still was like she needed the, to make a couple of those putts. Which I didn't realize she broke her back a couple of years ago. That's what. That's wild. Always a jarring sentence to read. And like I, I for this is just like I don't know what in sports. What else? Not just golf. But like what in sports can compare to this? Like you can't. You can't win like an individual championship like this uh, if like if you're a minor league baseball player like you can yeah I guess you can hit the game winning home run in the playoffs if you're subbing in for somebody injured but there's that's not an individual sport that's a team sport like what what other in tennis I know you can make a crazy run but like this is about it we have for a true underdog story 
to happen in a major championship golf at the new branding of it seems to be also the AIG women's open, no longer the, uh, Rico women's British open. Good point. Kind of dropping, streamlining so, it, baby. I, somebody did try to chime in and correct me today when I called it the British Open. Like, actually, it's just the the Women's <laughs> Open. I was like, really? Like, well, now it's the Women's UK Open, UK <laughs> Women's British Open. That's what, you, that's what we should presented call it when Prince the Korean Charles. play. When most of the Korean players don't play. Yeah. And then we just call it the Women's Open <laughs> when they do play. Well, hate, hate, you know, AIG stepping up to the plate, and then and then an Allianz player wins it. Mm. Tough. Rob the green there. I texted DJ after Minji Lee made that par save on the, um, what was it, the 11th? Yeah. The, is that the postage stamp? No, that's the 8th. Yeah, the 8th is a postage stamp. So the 11th, the, the, when she got up and down from like a, the gorse in the in the dune, I was like, oh, Lee's going to win this. And Popov just kept making kept making the shots, kept executing, rolled in some putts. It was, it was really impressive. I think that... Kind of what to postage you, stamp is incredible, by the way. That very cool. so yeah. good. I think, yeah, we can get to this in a second, like how the course played for the women, but almost cooler to watch the women play it, like hitting it lower and having oh, to yeah. control flights differently. And like that was awesome. Kind of to what you were saying, Solly, about watching the underdogs, you know, and we don't really have this in other sports. I think what's so cool is when someone like Sofia Popov is trying to do this, it takes place over a back nine that is two, two and a half hours long, and you just watch them struggle like that whole time and she i mean struggles relative like she didn't look like she was struggling at all but every hole provides its own challenge and it's always like god i gotta be i can't miss here i gotta be in this spot i gotta be below the hole here i can't mess up this lag putt and it was just she didn't flinch at all it was insane and every time you expected her to it was like it it was like boring golf in the in the best possible way finally on 17 she looked nervous yeah she was like taking a huge deep breath before she put i'm like okay Fine, we need to see that because that you should be really, really nervous right now. This is absolutely nuts that this is happening. Yeah, the the uh, lag putting was what I was most taken. Unbelievable. And then also like trying to steer at home. I think it's one thing to steer at home on a, you know, more of a target golf course. It's it's another thing to steer at home and like your your ball can get lost in a gorse bush or you try to hit one out of a pop bunker mm-hmm. and you're in there for four shots. Like I feel like it can, it can evaporate a lot more quickly and a lot more randomly. Yeah. On a Lynx golf course. And that's why I think on 15, I think was her drive that just missed that pop yes. bunker. And she ended up making birdie. Yeah. That was um big that, that was probably God, if if that drive is two feet right of where it ends up in the pop bunker, it, it's who knows from there. Um that's two years in a row for uh you know, Cinderella. I was style. just gonna say, for as good a story as this is, like how would you even compare it to last year's winner? I'll jog your your memory. Hanako Shibuno playing her first ever event outside of Japan. Uh, in her first her, ever round of golf outside uh, yeah. of Japan. Uh, wins wins the uh, the Women's Open Championship. That I mean, for how crazy that was, and then to come back with a story like this is uh, quickly becoming one of the one of the must-see events in, uh, in, in golf each year. Some stellar venues coming up, too. 0304 was Ben Curtis, Todd Hamilton. There you which, go. Uh, Todd Hamilton to was at Royal Troon. Oh, yeah. Was, uh, a couple other... other Pop off things like she she only played one practice round, which I was kind of shocked by, <laughs> considering how <laughs> really have to question her strategy. Considering there. how uh, you know surgical she was on the on the last day, I thought that was pretty cool. Also disclosed after the round, you know she kind of made some vague allusions to injuries, and I had to get my health right and all that stuff. Uh, Beth Ann again 
like the pros pro. Of course. Yeah. Beth Ann uh, wrote a great story after all the dust settled about uh, Sophia talking about how she had Lyme disease and it, mm. she had to go to like 30 different doctors to actually get it finally diagnosed. She was just Jimmy in Walker. It, similar to, to Jimmy Walker. Just inexplicit, you know, inexplicably losing like 25 pounds. Nobody can figure out what's going on. And I mean, when you're trying to play golf and you just like, no matter what you do, you can't get your body to feel normal. I can't imagine what that's like. So not just play golf, but like hang on to a career. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was so disappointed by the weather today though. I know. I am too. That's, that's well, truly should how, be the focus of this story. Well, no, for how much the wind blew the first two rounds. It was, people were getting eviscerated, just yeah. absolutely vaporized. I think there was one person under par uh, through 36 holes. And the, the cut, I think, to make the cut, you just had to be plus nine or better. Yeah. It was like, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Which I regret not being able to see that. That would have been cool. Shout out to um, Austin Ernst, too. Yeah. She's always a... I always like talking to her when we go to events. She's, she's great. probably my favorite PXG troop. She finished solo fifth. So looked yep. like she was wearing jeans too, which I thought was a cool vibe. Big, big week for her. Uh, MB Park playing really good golf. I think Beth Ann again. Beth Ann alluded to she's really feeling her putter right now. I, I know, like when that happens, it's truly a, you can cancel <laughs> Christmas situation. She had, she had half of Mackenzie Hughes. <laughs> she shot final round sixty six. Uh, um, Marina Alex, she's a COVID survivor. Yes, finished T fourteen. That was very um, cool. That was cool. I was disappointed. I continue to be a little disappointed. Lydia Ko, uh, another weekend Sunday that just wasn't great. Her and Spieth, the Spieth parallels seem tough, yeah. man. I know, hard hard to escape that. And Nelly Corda, I, I think I would have expected a little bit more of her thus far, but. I think, yeah, this was a, with with so many of the top players not playing this, this was a great opportunity for a lot of different players to, to nab a major, nab a first major, something yeah. like that. And obviously got an incredible story along with it, which was a lot of fun to watch. Can I, can I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the, the mud hen <laughs> was obviously a little <laughs> tired from, from yeah. her, from her double in Toledo. Daniel Kang. Daniel Kang. But she did, she did shoot a 67 on Sunday, tied for 30. I was kind of, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but. You know, I don't want to pretend like I I watched the whole thing, but even just watching the final round today, it was so cool to see the way that they had to like plot around the golf course because people say that with with Lynx golf and men's professional golf, like oh they just can't do what they normally do, and that's true to an extent. But when there's this little wind, you know, as there was today, like those guys can still hit it pretty freaking high and and stop it pretty quick, like pretty freaking quickly. And the women just they don't spin it as much, they don't hit it as high. It, it is like a totally different game. And I I don't know, it feels a lot more almost like chess like, you know, watching them go around and it was more women's links golf in the mornings. Like I that would be a delightful way to start my Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, I loved watching it. Uh, yeah. More Inverness, more yeah. links, like just just more women's golf on like really proper ass golf courses. And outside of the, the PGA tour window. Like exactly. it's, it's like I'd love to have, be able to have two screens and watch them, but like the reality is that a lot of people are going to choose to watch the men's PGA Tour over the women. But if you can have like on European Tour schedule or you know different nights of the week or whatever it would be, that's that would be highly entertaining. I think. Can we talk Corn Ferry, please. Sure, go ahead. Gosh, been waiting so long. Curtis Luck, triumph of the human spirit, triumph for floral prints everywhere. Got the W. Got it done. Made it couple massive putts down the stretch. Really, like, four massive putts down the stretch. He, Mucho, did not have it today. No. And that was, so I, I tweeted something earlier, but, like, watching Dustin Johnson hit seven iron into the 
the par five second with a five shot lead. I'm Which like, we should also note DJ finished at minus 30 and won by 11. So <laughs> sick. Oh, that's brutal. That, that, uh, nukes Brian Gay's last player to win by double digits. Mm. Sorry, TC. Um, can we also just say like the cat won a U.S. Open by 15? <laughs> a U.S. Open. Yeah. Uh, but watching that, that Dustin Johnson shot was very crystallizing for me and like, okay, this is, this is not how I'm going to be spending my afternoon <laughs> is watching this. And, uh, it just happened to click that, oh my God, the corn fairy tours on fired that up. And Curtis, uh, was the one shot lead, had a one shot lead going into the final round and yeah, just didn't, didn't have it. He, uh, drove he it. So he drove, he did not drive it well yesterday either. Right. He, he was getting, hitting the most insane iron shots out of the woods. Which, and they touched on this you know, in the broadcast a lot too, but when he was missing fairways, he was missing them on the right side. So at least he could run him up or at least he had a path to the green and he was, he, yeah, he was punching out a lot. And, and, and his putter looked so good yesterday. And, uh, yeah, he just, uh, I, I don't think he made his first birdie till 15 today, Yeah, which to win on the corn Ferry tour, that doesn't happen very <laughs> much, uh, unless you're up by 70 going into the final round. So it, he had it when it uh, when he needed it, man. Birdies 15, 16, par 17, and then like maybe one of the best up and downs I've ever seen on 18. Credit to, first of all, credit to Big Nut, but credit to the <laughs> Scarlet course at OSU. I, I think it's a good... Oh, let's not give it too nah. much credit. No, no, no. I think it's a good tournament venue. I, I think that the, the Corn Ferry events there are always good events. Totally agree. I, I know and you they think always Jack play, should they be always incarcerated for, should. for what he... They, they always play tough down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um I do hate seeing guys take it over the corner on 18. That's tough. Up to Del Torres almost drove yards the green. Out. Yeah, it's like a yeah. 430 yard par four. Yeah. Does anybody try to take it over the corner on 16? There's I a little that. runway. Yeah. I did that in the state finals. I tried to. That's. We did not win. I'd, I'd, be, much, I'd be much more impressed if guys try to take it over the corner on 16. I, yeah. I, I, you hear I, that? I just, All you corn fair guys are on notice. <laughs> I don't want to give any credit to the Scarlet course, though. Any credit. None. None at all for producing good tournaments. It's always a good tournament. I'm so with you. I, it, you know what? It's a, it's a good layout. The greens are just so dumb. I think it's a, it's a tough course to watch tournaments on. Honestly, like yeah. I just flipped over to it today and I was just like, oh yeah, it just doesn't inspire. Me. It just inspires what, what nothing is it with about it. I've never been there. I've only watched it on TV. When I've been so, there, it like, seems totally just normal. Knowing to me. what the greens were like prior, it's, and, it's and an how, old, it's an original McKenzie with fucking Perry Maxwell greens. And Jack came in, and now they're Deep in, it's molested. Improved it. it. <laughs> it's just amazing to see like the courses around Columbus, like the bunkers getting deeper, the greens getting smaller, and the quadrants and playing more and more severe. It's like all of them start to look more and more like Muirfield Village, and and then Jack messes fun. with stuff within a five-year cycle every time, so it resets the clock because in his contracts, he puts like you can't renovate. Nobody else can touch a course within five years of him. I think I think it's ten. It's ten. I think I'm pretty sure it's ten. Yeah, he's a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which Sciota is finally getting yeah. uh, a, a different look. Andrew Green will be coming in there to uh, to renovate that. Uh, so that's so really surprising though that you you don't like watching events there because I totally get what you're saying as far as like playing the course. I was fortunate to play it, but I, I think it's a great course to watch these events at each year. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just it seems like the greens are way too. They're just too sectioned off from. There's no rhyme or reason to like why a ball's running 
from there to there. Like I, I, I can't make sense of it on TV. I've played there twice. I think they do a great job on the telecast of like building the drama of a tournament. Like those guys are just good at creating. Like the, there's usually tour cards that are on the line when you watch tournaments there, mm -hmm. and it's fun to flip over and watch that more so than like a middle of the year corn fairy event. But I, I just I don't know how much. Credit do you the think the greens as they are now make it more difficult? Yes, but almost like not not more difficult, like more not re necessarily rewarding for really good golf shots sometimes. They were firm. I mean, yeah. they were like the condition looked looked great. It was just because that's usually what I, like yeah. some of these Corbin Ferry events when it's 23, 24. Oh, yeah, I'm with you it's, there. It's, it's definitely like, it's a just a nice change. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and like bogeys are actually in play. Yeah. I think that's more like what I'm driving. At. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. Like it was kind of shocking to see the finish where so Curtis was playing with this guy, Cameron Young, went to Wake Forest, had zero status as of like four or five weeks ago. He's basically played his way into, I think he locked it up today, played his way into like temporary membership. He's come in like top 15, like four events in a row after not having, he eats the shit out of it. He's got a little pause at the top of his swing, uh, missed in some really bad places today. Not good. And then you had Taylor Montgomery, who I guess his dad's the GM at Shadow Creek, UNLV guy. He had a good look at it. Uh, he bogeyed 18 to uh, miss it by one. You had Theo Humphrey kind of backdoored his way into a T2. <laughs> Finished thirty, uh, shot thirty one on the on the back. Trying to continue to call him a cake eater to lug away. Yeah, not a fan. Uh, actually, Cameron Young's father is the head pro Steve at, at Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> Vince Young. <laughs> Vince Young, you, you could convince me of that one. And then you had Will's Will Alatoris bogeyed the last two. He was kind of in the driver's God, seat. Which bogeyed the last two. That was tough. It was yeah. shocking. That, I, that first putt he hit on seventeen was shockingly bad. Yeah. And then to see him dump it in the bunker. Yeah. On. You hate yeah. to see it. Yeah, you do hate to see that. Uh, um, the data golf guys were huge on Will's Alatoris. He's really good. Like, he's like one of the yeah. best players in the world already. Oh, just playing corn first. He, like, he was charging, knocking right? down pins yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, and then he, it, it is physically uncomfortable to watch him putt because he, he he does like the straight line thing on his left arm, and then I miss he, and then he bends one of his knees, but not the other one. It's bizarre. Uh, another guy, DJ, you were you were kind of all over him. He faded there at the end. Was um, the grocery store guy long? Eric Barnes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> great story. He was, as they'll point out on the broadcast, he was stocking shelves at Publix. That very was very recently. cool. Yeah. Just a not a good aesthetic. Mizuno doesn't make good stuff, and it's just always oh. he always looks like a minor league baseball player to me. But okay. But he's playing great. So you know, the last few corn fairy events I've watched, I feel like he's been he's been up there. Congrats to Curtis. Awesome. Winning this would usually come with a PGA Tour card, but uh, it jumps up to 18th on the Corn Ferry points and list. He was 135th. I think yep. this gets him close to getting into winged foot, too. Oh. Really? There's a three-week little... So so the top, I think, top four, top five from the Corn Ferry event through... Or from the Corn Ferry list through Portland got in, and then uh, I think there's a, there's three guys that get in via the, like a, a little mini-series, mm. Boise, Columbus, and what's next week? Indiana, the, probably Victoria, yeah, Victoria National. So he's uh, he's got a good look at that. I think probably just make a cut next week, and he should be in good shape. He's uh, man. He he touched on it a lot, both kind of like privately and publicly over the last few months. But he's reworking the swing like pretty much entirely. And and he said it, you know, in his post round today. It was like, man, I still I don't feel like I'm there at all. And so if I can win when I'm not there, I think that's like the whole point of of trying to revamp everything. So his swing looks wild. It, it oh, looks com awesome. <laughs> completely unique to pro golf uh, for anybody who didn't watch it. 
just kind of like whipping the hands at the ball down at the bottom, which it would highest. scare a lot of people, but it like looks really cool. The highest finish. And he's just putting the lights out. So shout out to Golf Channel. They had a lot of, we kept texting each other. They had a lot of awesome down the line putt shots where you could just see like truly how steep these greens were as these balls are just like trickling and wobbling down hills and stuff. It was really cool to watch. I love watching him putt the ball. Like he's got that grip that both of his hands are right next to each other. And he uses all that all black putter that I know we're fond of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's just and, and he's using the, the uh, triple track. Exactly, the triple track looks awesome on TV. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like something to yeah. actually look for. You guys ready for some segments? Would love to. Hate to see it. What do you hate to see this week? I've got one. So a friend of ours who will remain unnamed. Um, we were texting with him before the pod here. Shot his career low round. <laughs> 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 Lives down in Austin. Shot his career low round, 73 on a par 71 at nice course in Austin, his home course. We come to find out he was trying to punch it through some trees on in the first few holes of the day. Uh, ends up ricocheting back, hitting him, almost hitting him in the junk. Uh, hits him in the leg. And um, he didn't know what, you know, and, and I think he, he made a bogey or made a double from it. He had two doubles and still shot his lowest round ever. But I don't think he properly penalized himself. <laughs> now he's and now he's DQ'd. <laughs> he's, he's, he's signed, signed for a credit card. card. Yeah, that's you, tough. That's you, tough break. You do hate to see that, Randy. You got one. I kind of touched on it earlier, but my hate to see was absolutely not a breath of wind this morning for the women's Open Championship. I I was really looking forward to maybe seeing it howl a little bit. And I will say this: I set my alarm for eight a.m. because that's when the coverage came on, and. Uh, I remember the alarm going off, and I feel like I hit snooze, but I must have hit stop on my phone alarm, but it, it didn't feel like that long, and I woke up, and I got out of bed, and it was 948. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a rubber green. Tough, but, kind of, yeah, it was just total tired, body still on West Coast. Uh, I, I kind of hated to see that for myself. You're going to have to put up some much bigger – even with that, you're going to have to put up some much bigger numbers to keep up with me and TC on the sleep front. Yeah. I had a pretty pretty easy one. Phil Mickelson, Justin Rose, Tommy Fleetwood, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, Zach Blair, uh, from a personal standpoint, all missing the uh, BMW Championship. Mm. You kind of hate to see that. Those are some pretty big names. Um, Brian Gay. Brian Gay. Other than uh, Scotty, you know, Scotty Scheffler's caddy going down and Scotty not caring and just going on and playing without him. Uh, that was going to be mine, but uh, I hate to see it is actually uh, Bryson. Telling someone at a at a fanless mm, event uh, that they needed to uh, quiet down. Sound travels because sound travels. Uh, he did miss the cut, which is something you actually do truly hate to see because uh, he is definitely. I would call him the needle right now in, yeah. in in PGA Tour golf. Rub of the green. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Randy, but the Sophia Popov's tee shot on mm. on fifteen, uh, I believe fifteen. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean that was when it was in the air. Like that was that had double bogey written all over it. Instead, it just skirts the bunker by two feet and she goes on to win so that was a positive rub of the green rub of the green giveth just as much as taketh away rub of the green united lost my luggage yesterday <laughs> on the way back from portland is this enough to listen i i've rode for united longer than anybody uh but i i have recently jumped ship uh i have been began riding pretty hard for delta had a great experience T- on this trip. TC's all in on United now because they is fluffed this, them with some status. Is this enough? Well, probably because so many people are jumping. No, I earned that status. <laughs> no, you? it's because there's no... All right, so Delta has more 
elites here in Jacksonville, like per capita than anywhere, because all the PGA Tour people, bunch there's a big Amazon office here, and everybody just racks up extra segments. Going to Atlanta. Going to Atlanta, and then onward. Um, and United, up until COVID, the farthest west I could get was Denver on a direct flight. United had that. I was west anyone could get, not just you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not no, just me because I won't fly Frontier. Okay. Get Frontier, Vegas get Vegas. Frontier is awesome. Frontier sucks, but that's a separate podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, now we had to do plane, trains, and automobiles to get back to Jack's. So on the way back, I had to fly Portland to Denver, Denver to Houston, Houston to Jack's, and then they thought that the Denver to uh, Houston leg was going to get delayed, so then they. They checked me into Denver to Dulles and then Dulles to Jacks. But never then, a good time. Then they they rerouted my bags and they said, "Hey, you're actually going to make your flight Houston to Jacks." TC, we've moved stuff around. <laughs> but my golf got you my golf earlier. bags made it to Jacks. My other bag went to Dulles. It's just dirty laundry at this point. So. Yeah, ex- I didn't need it or anything. But you, you know, that was the rub of the green. Mine is going to be uh, we you know we spend a lot of memory space, a lot of time, a lot of effort spent recording shots on par threes on all of our travels and just hoping to capture a little bit of, of magic. Well, it finally happened. There was a, an ace, a one made uh, by, by yours truly on the third hole at Bannon Preserve. Uncle Juice wasn't with us. <laughs> I would like to take this time to, now that I've been on this block for a long time, a lot of people commenting, you know, big celebration for a chip-in, for all these things, blah, 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 doesn't count. It officially does not count. It is the rub of the green that uh, this moment was caught on tape, and it was a joyous celebration, but it is... Also, we were kind of drunk. Very much drunk and just super (laughs) having a great time. I have no regret for the celebration, and it was a one, but it is not during an official round of golf. I think a hole-in-one has to be at least during like a nine-hole round of golf. We were playing an alternate shot, just messing around, whatnot. Doesn't count. So let's say you make an... uh, an ace on alt shot format on a regulation size 18 hole course. Yes, that counts. Okay. Mm. I would mm. say in my book, would you? Well, I mean, you you just alluded to alt shot. I'm saying we're just like messing around playing a skins game uh, and on a par three course. Like, I think you have like four, like however many par threes there are, four or five or six par threes. You, you that's a lot many, of uh, you yeah. know, opportunities. 13 hole par three course. And this one we played, we moved up to super far. To, to get the best angle at a pin for a hole-in-one, and we got it. So a lot of people are like jumping all over to say, yeah, it doesn't count as a real ace. That's cool because I'm not counting it as a real ace. So, And, and I think that's in line with, with what I've always said too, which is that it is, it's entirely personal. If It's up to you. If you want to count it, count it. If you don't want to count it, don't count it. Do I think you should count it? No, I don't because you play a lot of golf on big boy golf courses, yeah. and, and that's not a, you know. That's not your only opportunity. If you were a little kid who only has access to a par three golf course, you're going to go tell that kid, like, sorry, man, your ace doesn't count. How about the kid? There were a couple viral videos going around. How about the four-year-old kid playing cack-handed who rolled one in from whatever, looked like about 100 yards, like, yeah, sorry, man, that doesn't fucking count. It's not a real golf course. I would tell him that. (laughs) One, is he hitting cups? If he completed the whole round hitting cups, I would would maybe lean into it being a hole-in-one for him. So I'm relieved to hear you say it doesn't count, but I also... I'm just glad to have one. That on, doesn't count now, because yes. like That's I feel like I'm bigger flex. Right, it's like all right, I I could add to my total. I'm not. I don't regret the celebration. Like I said, of the hundreds and thousands of 65 yard pitch shots I've hit in my life, I think can only remember holding one from 60 around that number in my whole life. So to actually have it go in, it was very exciting and fun. But Congratulations! That's the rub of the green to make a hole in one and have it not count. 
Randall. But to also have it recorded is a cool rub of the green. That is a cool rub of the green. That will be – that's the only spoiler we're going to give you for uh, Tour Sauce Season 6. But mine's not nearly as cool as that. I, I should have gone before that. Rory that's true, the chipping rub of the it. That was I don't know if he hit something and went backwards. <laughs> he, or he, he was in front of a rock. Yeah, he just like chipped it right into the rock and went in the water for a triple. <laughs> he made two triples on the front nine Saturday. That was kind of sick, rub of the green. Uh, but then, TC, you inspired me with your travel rub of the green. Solly and I, our return flight home was originally supposed to be a one-stopper. Portland, Minneapolis. One pit. To Jacksonville. And the COVID, I guess, canceled some of the Minneapolis to Jacksonville flights. So we had to then go through Atlanta. We were getting boned in Jacks. We had to switch to the soft tires to go for fastest mm-hmm. lap there near the end. The, the, um, to Jacks. We, we were already the most underserved airport in North America. Largest city in North America without a direct flight to the West Coast. Largest city in North America without a direct flight to Europe. And now we, we can't even get to freaking Minneapolis or Chicago on a direct what flight. What are we supposed to do? I said, sir, I'm trying to travel. Start using some of your influence. You have many Twitter followers. I was you need say, to start, start using your platform. Start running it up the chain. <laughs> <laughs> soapbox Sunday. Let's wrap it at that. Uh, I'll use my ace thing as my soapbox Sunday. That's kind of what I have in the back okay. of my mind. TC? I want to talk a little bit about Formula One, and I want to – First of all, say, I didn't get a chance to do this last week after Barcelona. First of all, say, fuck you to all the haters for Racing Point. Um, Cheating ass Racing Point. No, Racing Racing Point. Lance Stroll finished fourth. Sergio Perez finished fifth. These are not official results pending the investigation. So... You're setting they've, yourself up for a massive apology, also, depending on they've what, also what appealed. Which you won't make. <laughs> they've also appealed. Your boy, Lando, 10th. He's, he's like one of five guys to qualify within the, the top 10 every race. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, just an absolute disgrace what's happening in Ferrari right I think now. we can find community there. But Vettel, I think, is going to sign with Racing Point. So who are they going to uh, kick out? Are they going to kick out Sergio Perez? Of course. I mean, they're I certainly mean, not going to kick out <laughs> Why doesn't why why doesn't Vettel go back to Red Bull? Will be my question. Because Albon's bucking. Albon sucks. No, he just can't qualify. Then he's super. That's fast. a problem. I he think fit, he's stinky. Yeah, no, he stinks. Oh, I, I think you guys are going to come. You're no, going to no. rue the day you made those no, comments. No, no, Albon's like the guy that shoots. He's like Rory in majors. He shoots like or in like he like backdoors. It's a, like a, a se- it's like a first round seventy eight, and then he shoots like sixty six three consecutive times. He gets so, fast when he's like out of it, and it doesn't yeah, matter. He, just, he needs experience. Give him a little bit of time. Did you right. watch the Indy 500 today? Absolutely not. <laughs> Did that's you? All, yeah, that's always one of the, the joys of the sports calendar. Uh, but some F1 guys were in it. Uh, really? Yeah, Fernando Alonso was racing. No way. Hmm. Well, not, mm-hmm. not current F1 guys. Alonso's coming back next year. Yeah. But, yeah, but McLaren, they said yeah. McLaren won't let him race at least for the next two years while he's under contract at McLaren. I did see there's talks to bring a, a Formula One race to Indianapolis. Well, now that Penske has taken ownership of, of Indianapolis Speedway, that's hopefully going to grease the grease the wheels. Did you guys see the big Williams news? Oh, they got bought by uh, by TC's U.S. investment investment, investment banker bros. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ran down the whole list on the what's the, gonna, uh, what's going to happen to Claire though? Oh, I think Claire's done. Yeah, she might be toast. <laughs> yeah. I guess my soapbox to to is one. The Indy 500 is awesome. There's a lot of genuine excitement in that. And two, women's golf is awesome. I, I was very happy to wake up and, and thrilled to uh, to watch the women's British this morning. This is probably should have gone in the Amsterdam section, but uh, this has happened since we started recording it. But apparently a, a, a shot across the bow was thrown by uh, by one Jim Nance as they went off the air. A shout-out to Lance Barrow 
for the the volume of shots that were shown today, which I believe mm. was 330 shots, which I don't know why that has to be pointed out. I think exactly that kind of feels like feet of putts made. Get, it bit. feels a little like feet of putts made, <laughs> and it feels like yeah, that thank you. Like that's what <laughs> that's what we were like asking for for so the, quite, so the fact that you feel the need to point it out shows that you weren't doing it before yeah clearly like you, when you were showing like 178 shots per broadcast then uh yeah that didn't get highlighted that quickly so i just want to say my soapbox on a good riddance uh we'll see you at the masters uh and thank then, you and then that's it for lance right that's it for lance so he has one more tournament and then he's done and hopefully the golf world will be Watching God, golf you guys, on television. You guys are gonna have to different. find a new boogeyman after that. <laughs> It'll be mission. It's mission accomplished. All right. Anything else would be spiking the football. We Oops. got we got spa coming up. Oh, spa! <laughs> big big weekend ahead. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We will be uh, ramping up some coverage for the BMW Championship. This is the one tournament. Of course, BMW is a sponsor of ours. Uh, a tournament that we like to attend and try to blow out as much as we can. We obviously can't attend this year, so unsure exactly what our plan is for content this week, but it, it will be uh, be ramped up a little bit. We've got some good stuff coming for Tuesday's pod and uh, some extra coverage uh, around the tournament, some, uh, potentially some live shows, I believe, coming later this week. So look forward to that. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll see you back here next week. Cheers. Crack on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! 